Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition, a special report of Material Is Your Business. We have a very, very interesting story to share with you right now. The Eco Chic Design Award is a sustainable fashion design competition organized by Redress, uh, a Hong Kong-based charity. And the, the awards are inspiring emerging fashion designers and students to create mainstream clothing with minimal textile waste. Sounds pretty cool, right? Well, there's big news about this award because it's available in the United States for the first time ever. And we're going to talk to Christina Dean, the CEO of Redress, right after this on Material Is Your Business. Stay with us. This is a special report from Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. And now, here's Mark Rako. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special report for Material Is Your Business. I'm your host for this bulletin, Mark Rako, and I am joined over the pond from the UK, from London, by the CEO of Redress, a Hong Kong-based charity, uh, and uh, they have an incredible program called the Eco Chic Design Award, and uh, I- I'm going to be pretty clear about this. They have a huge announcement, which I kind of hinted at in the introduction to this, and uh, joining us is the CEO, Christina Dean. Hi, Christina. Thanks for coming on the show. Mark, it's a pleasure. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yes. All right. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, Let's start here first real quick. What is Redress? Well, Redress is a charity with a mission to reduce waste in the fashion industry um, by educating the supply chain and also consumers about how we can really enjoy fashion but in a much more sustainable way Um, i moved over to asia 11 12 years ago from london and i at that stage was working as a dentist and journalist rather bizarre combo obviously (laughs) (laughs) and um, it was whilst working as a journalist in asia writing about environmental pollution uh, water pollution death destruction that i was so unbelievably shocked and appalled by the fashion industry's contribution to this dire situation that i had a massive slap in the face a huge life awakening and i gave up journalism and i gave up dentistry (laughs) and i started redress 10 years ago in order to really raise awareness around these enormous issues that face us all today all right, great. Thank you. And uh, so let's talk about the awards, the Eco Chic Design Award. Uh, how did that come about? Why was it named that? And, uh, and uh, you know, this was six years ago that we started. What prompted it to start at that moment? So the Eco Chic Design Award started, you're correct, six, seven years ago. Um, and the reason that we started it was because We had been raising a lot of awareness around sustainability, around waste reduction in the early years. We'd even done a huge project with the United Nations in Geneva. And I really thought that I had a handle on the solutions that we need in the fashion industry. However, what I fundamentally realized six, seven years ago is we have to educate designers and you cannot do that overnight. Unfortunately, no education happens overnight. And so we, we developed the EcoChic Design Award as an educational, sustainable fashion design competition in order to educate the next generation. Now, 
what the EcoChic Design Award is, is basically a very fun, media, sensational, exciting competition on the outside, but on the inside, it's purely educational. We are fully, fully committed and passionate about educating the next generation of designers, but we've packaged it up into an exciting competition, which people want to join. And by joining, we change their minds and we think we change the fashion industry. Now, up until this year, where has the award been available? Well, we've been growing and creeping out of Hong Kong into the rest of the world. So we started in Hong Kong six, seven years ago. We then added China, which is a whole monster in of itself. You know, it's so huge. And then we added to Asia. Then we stretched to Europe. And now, as you say, we've jumped over the pond. And we're super, super excited that this is the biggest, um, biggest advancement that we've done in recent years which is to include the US. And we wanted to, I mean, to be honest, we wanted to go global ages ago, but we've just had to grow in a way that we can actually be sustainable. Um, but we have opened up to the US because the US is an incredibly important market for us, um, not only because you have a lot of talented designers, you know, your unis are, are world-class, famous universities churning out, you know, some of the best talent that's out there, your fa- the world of the U.S. fashion industry is also highly regarded on a sort of global level. But also, taking away from all the positives, you also have a lot of the problems, and the problems really are overconsumption and a high waste. Now, in the EcoChic Design Award, we're not specifically targeting consumers and telling them what to do because the competition is much more focused at emerging designers and educating uh, designers. However, if you combine, you know, the, the U.S. with the fact that you are big consumers, we feel that our message is very much needed there. How is it that you started in Hong Kong? Where, wh- wh- why was the focus in Hong Kong with Redress? And how, from that position, do you view the world in terms of, okay, the first stop is here, the second stop is here? How mm-hmm. does the, not to sound, uh, you know, too patriotic or pretentious uh, in yeah. favor of the U.S., but yeah. for U.S. to be, you know, six years later, what was the yeah. path and how did you see that path? Well, the path, I mean, the original seed was, I'd love to say it was very, very strategic, but it really wasn't. The reason that I set Redress up in Hong Kong was because I moved there. And then as a journalist, I was writing about Asian issues, China issues, pollution, etc. And so it was, honestly, I wish it was more strategic, but I just happened to be living in Hong Kong. <laughs> That's the, 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 the sort of practical answer. But the strategic answer is much better than that. And that really is that because I was living in Hong Kong, because I was a stone's throw away from China, and by the way, I've traveled a lot in China because I'm truly obsessed with the pollution um, sort of footprint in Asia. Because of that, and because uh, China produces, you know, the clothes for the world, 40%-ish of clothes, 40%-ish of textiles, it moves up and down a little bit. I'm not going to nitpick on the detail. China has historically been creating the clothes for the world, and the fact that their environment is so unbelievably polluted proves that, quite honestly. So the reason why we're based in Hong Kong has ended up being an incredibly strategic decision, which is that Hong Kong actually has a very strong influence over China's industry, and China's industry is clothing much of the world. Hong Kong is within a five-hour flight of 50% of the world's population. And so the reason that we've been growing out of Hong Kong actually is literally just because that's where we're based, that's where we've been growing from, and that the issues that we're trying to address are very, very, very real in Asia. So 
we were not ready to strategically there's no way that financially we can expand quicker than you know we would love to say okay we'll take the us in on cycle two it's literally we are a charity we are worked like we are haggard you know you talk about long working hours in the garment industry and i want to say come and have a look at how hard we work because we're working long hours we're very underfunded and so so you know i would love to have come quicker across the pond but it's been um quite a painful six seven years funded funding this monster can you talk so. about uh, yeah. can yeah. you can you talk about your team uh how is it that you built your team and mm -hmm. and allowed them or empowered them to help you lead this into a global effort and, and yeah what, and what's the thinking process been about the way you formed your team so um in terms of the languages actually i think i can't remember what I'd have to look at everybody, but I think around 70% are speaking another language. Obviously, Chinese for us is our main push because we know that there are a lot of problems in China. We, we know that we have a, so much educational material and everything that we do is in Chinese as well. So um, not only do we have, say, let's just say 60, so six out of our nine or five out of our eight teams speak fluent Chinese. I should know that off the top of my head, sorry. But um, they are Chinese speakers and that's very important for us. One challenge we of course have is Hong Kong speaks Cantonese and mainland China is, and uh, speaks Mandarin. So they're two different languages. So some of our teams speak different versions of the Chinese language. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then finally, very, 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 very importantly, how do we keep this team together? Because we employ people that are unbelievably dedicated and who truly care. And that is the number one thing that I look for when I employ somebody is how much do they care? What's their personal story? And why do I how do I know that they are going to come with us onto the battlefield and fight our way to the finish line of whatever project that we're doing? And for that, I need to have people that are really committed. And that is how I employ people. Very good. Now, speaking of commitment, how are you powered? Well, this is the last question on redress right now. Uh, how, how are you powered? Uh, how are you funded? Uh, who's taking an yeah. interest in this? Yeah, so our major sponsor for the EcoChic Design Award is actually the Hong Kong government. And they have been for seven years, year on year. And quite honestly, there's no way that we could have grown. There's no way we could do this entire educational pro program without the Hong Kong government's support. Specifically, something called the Create, um, it's called Create Hong Kong. And it's a grant to promote the creative industries of Hong Kong. Um, and so that's most of our, our funding. The rest of our funding comes through corporate sponsorship from companies. So, for example, Miele, the washing machine, they're a major sponsor of ours. Um, and the reason that they sponsor is because they have an incredible washing machine and they want to be aligned with the vision of sustainable fashion, sustainable consumer care. Uh, UPS is a big sponsor. We have uh, suppliers, manufacturers. We have education donors um, who give to us. We've had Ford Motor Company for uh, quite a few cycles, not this one. So really, the point is we go out and we find money where we can find it. And I have to say that is quite difficult. Of course. Uh, yeah. Well, let me ask you, this is an interesting dynamic, and then we're going to dive into the award. I imagine you're, you do have to overcome the objection from some people that despite the universal nature of your mission, the fact that this is funded very largely by the Hong Kong government as part of w what they would see as their own initiatives, which obviously comes out of their own agenda as as any government would have even if it has universal appeal um mm. 
people who may want to participate in in initiatives put out by redress such as this award um might be hesitant feeling like it serves the interests of hong kong uh is is that something that you run into Uh, how do you overcome that objection no i mean i think let me the the mission of create hong kong who provide us the major sponsorship is as i said to promote the creative industries of hong kong they want Hong Kong to develop more creativity in order actually to expand the economy and to expand the economy of Hong Kong from beyond a financial sector. So they want to have a greater creative industry sector in Hong Kong. But secondly to that, Hong Kong wants to position itself as a creative hub for Asia. And so it wants to be better than other Asian capitals in terms of the creative flair of that city. So I don't know, no one has ever said that that's at all contentious um, to further a country's, or, you know, we're not a country, Hong Kong's not a country, to further, um, it's a special administrative region. I don't think anyone's really got a problem with that, actually, internationally, outside of Hong Kong. The only interesting thing, actually, on a slightly political level, is that Hong Kong and China have a a little bit of a, a tussle in terms of, you know, something that the Hong Kong government has funded. Is that something that should... should benefit mainland when the mainland government's not giving us any money. So that's just one slight political issue that that, that relates to your question, but not in terms of a U.S. market. Now, the point to make about this is that why I said we didn't come to the U.S. earlier was because we don't have any money. Create Hong Kong is not paying for us to launch in the U.S. We are fundraising separately to do that. Okay, that's important. That's important because yeah. uh, well, the reason I, I one of the reasons I ask is, uh, and I can only speak for uh, the United States in this particular instance, but I'm, I'm sure that there are these initiatives all over the world. There's a uh, you know made in the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, fo- focus for a lot of businesses, and mm-hmm. and so uh, you know there's some extraordinary designers, for example, who could participate in this. That mm-hmm. if if uh, if they felt that this would promote uh, industry in other countries, they they might be uh, reluctant to participate, and that's the reason I asked the question. But it sounds to me like there are players involved that are that that might make them feel a little better about that. Well, I think in answer to your question, and I think this really leads us into the Ecoshik Design Award. So, Great. I'll first tell you briefly. So, the Ecoshik Design Award it's an educational competition for emerging fashion designers with less than three years industry experience, and we're testing them about their creativity to reduce textile waste. We want them to use three design techniques, which are zero waste, upcycling, and reconstruction. And they would be applicants will be assessed on their skill to reduce waste now back to your question about being local if designers have a really com- and they let's just say if us competitors have a compelling creative approach to reducing waste and it's sourcing local textile waste in the us that is fantastic they there's the hong kong government and ourselves redress we're not trying to say hey guys all of you applicants you know, give us your ideas, do your ideas, but ultimately we're just driving Chinese production and Asian production. It's definitely not the case. We're identifying emerging talent, creativity with great minds for how textile waste can be reduced. So um, producing locally is a great environmental solution to shipping and to CO2 from emissions. So um, we It's not that sort of political level where this is about trade. It's not about that. 
Understood. Okay, so thank you. So let's talk about the award a little bit more. Uh, what What is the actual award process? What's the entry process? And what does someone get out of, uh, you know, doing a- achieving, yeah. doing it in the first place yeah. and then being recognized? I think designers should apply to have their eyes and mind open to the opportunities of sustainable fashion. And by joining the competition, not only do they get educated on sustainable design techniques, they get a platform to see their way into um, starting their own sustainable fashion brand or joining a brand and pushing sustainability into the fashion industry. And also by joining our competition, they also join something called our alumni network, which is a huge network that we have now of designers through which we give huge opportunities for brand collaborations, um, media collaborations to our alumni. Okay, so I'll tell you, talk, take you through the process. So um, designers need to go to our website, ecochicdesignaward.com, and they've got till the deadline, which is the 3rd of April, which is actually not very far away. They have to submit sketches um, and they have to source their own textile waste and they have to do a mood board and they have to answer some questions it's all done online there is no physical making of any garments at the stage it's all sketch work and mood boards and uh, sketches sorry technical drawings so they then apply um, and then there's a judging process so deadline's 3rd of April and then there's a judging process which takes a few weeks we then announce the semi-finalists they get promotion. They don't need to make anything yet. We then do more judging, and then we get 10 finalists, and the 10 finalists are announced. I cannot quite remember. I'm so sorry. I think it's early May. Um, and the 10 finalists will then make a six-piece collection. So they need to make the three-piece application that they already submitted. They can't change it. And then they have to make three additional pieces, which would give a six-piece collection based of five ready-to-wear, one couture, everything that they make must be textile waste. They have to give strong justifications of where, how they're sourcing the waste um, and they create the collection. Then the collections are shipped to Hong Kong. We do a shoot. We prepare them for the big grand final. And then the 10 finalists from around the world will be flown into Hong Kong for the big grand final week. Now, I say a week because it is a week. And during that one week, they will be doing three design challenges. So we we are going to be testing them, not really just to put them under pressure, but also to help unlock their creativity, show their creativity to the world. So their three design challenges focus on different areas of fashion designers expertise to make the fashion industry more sustainable uh, one thing we'll be taking them to china to one of the biggest shirt manufacturers in the world and they have to spend the day trying to uh, improve this factory's processing um, in order that it achieves zero waste it's already one of the most sustainable asian manufacturers out there but what we're doing is bringing emerging talent and telling the big ceos of this company that actually makes one in six of the shirts in the US it's called TAL group and so young designers get pitched up to say to the big wigs hey we could do this better you you're wasting energy here 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 or water here 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 or you know you this process is wasting manpower and um that's one challenge. Then we take them to a giant bin in Hong Kong full of discarded clothes and they are challenged to bring those clothes back to life using tricks that designers and consumers can do to revitalize clothes. And then the next 
um, trick that they're going to do, or uh, sorry, workshop that they're going to do is actually with Cathay Pacific. They're going to be working with a local social enterprise in Hong Kong who is formed of elderly tailors who basically lost their jobs when all of Hong Kong's industry, and I mean garment industry, moved to China. So we're going to be working with these elderly tailors and with Cathay Pacific's uh, some of their textile waste from the uh, airlines to come up with a prototype design that could be reproduced in order to provide um, a sustainable, a small sustainable circular system for Cathay Pacific's waste. Got it. And then, then those are just the challenges. Then they do the um, the grand final fashion show, which is at Hong Kong Fashion Week. So we put a lot of effort into a very high caliber fashion runway show. They present their pieces. Um, the judges, you know, do their bit. We find the winners. And then down to the winner, the main winner will be asked to come back to Hong Kong for three months to design an upcycled collection for a new upcycle fashion brand and a social impact business called BYT that will retail on BYT's own e-com platform and, very excitingly, at Lane Crawford, which is Asia's leading department store. So this prize is brilliant because the winner comes back to Hong Kong for three months and they are basically thrown into um, the very inner circle of a highly high impact social impact business which is BYT they're going to learn how to source waste how to upcycle waste how to work with buyers of department stores they'll be flown to different um, manufacturing regions within Asia to oversee the sampling and production they'll do the shoots and then they'll really get a full 360 view of what it means to to create a collection for a small startup brand now, that brand, um, BYT, is actually a for-profit extension of charity redress. So that's so. if I just segue slightly, what we've discovered over 10 years, we've been talking at Redress the Charity for 10 years that fashion can be a force for good. We passionately believe in the fashion industry as being a vehicle for positive change. And we know that manufacturing can be better. Textile waste can be reused. We know designers can innovate much more on the end of life. We know it. And so what we're doing is we're proving it with BYT. So we've actually started a new for-profit business, which will fundraise for our charity. And the BYT is our for-profit extension of our charity. So in terms of what the, what the actual finalists and designers get is they get a huge exposure into the current advances in sustainable fashion. They get to network with the best designers from around the world. They get to come and see Asia and see all the advances that are happening in Asia. Um, they get a huge amount of PR and promotion. And then if they win, isn't it fantastic? They actually get to create with BYT an upcycle brand for Lane Crawford. And Lane Crawford is, you know, our most famous Asian uh, luxury department store. Okay. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you think we should cover that we haven't covered? The only thing I would say is, um, so last cycle we had designers from 42 different countries apply, and that was just Asia, Europe. So, Christina, this is your seventh cycle of this award. Uh, how big has this gotten so far? How, how, how huge an operation are you undertaking, and how big an opportunity really is this for people? Well, we've been growing year on year. It's almost painfully exciting how, how phenomenal the response has been for us. So, you know, from year one where we just opened to Hong Kong to now being, you know, obviously Asia, Europe and the US, what we've seen is the doors to universities, 
flying open. They want to be our partners. We have 80 or 90 now university partners around Asia, Europe, and the US. Last cycle, we had designers from 42 different countries in Asia and Europe apply. We know that the only way forward at the emerging design level is to be much more sustainable. And I'm honestly, that's what keeps me going with this competition because I can see country by country by country, the more and more interest that we're getting. So that's absolutely phenomenal. It's been so exciting running this competition because we've seen a huge interest around the world in what we're doing and what's happening at the Emerging Designer. For example, last cycle, we created a TV documentary called Frontline Fashion, and it's a 47-minute doco that follows the journey of these designers and the finalists. And we've shown it and screened it around the world. It's been on different broadcasters around the world. And the overwhelming response has been so positive because our documentary, our work, Frontline Fashion, the EcoChic Design Award, it's about solutions. We are focused on how to make solutions so that we can protect the planet, protect the fashion industry, and drive this conversation forward. So Frontline Fashion is a definite must-see. If people are really thinking about joining the competition, they absolutely must watch the documentary because you see the backstage of the whole competition, and you see and it can experience the impact that it has on people's lives when they apply. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you to Christina Dean, the CEO of Redress, and uh, good luck with your first round of the Eco Chic Design Award in the U.S. I hope it is a smashing success, and and we're part of spreading the word. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That's it, everybody, for this special report on Material Is Your Business. I'm Mark Rako. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. This has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. Thank you.